And hello and welcome everyone to the comic multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet. Matt, we're back again after you, you had to tell me this. It's actually been two weeks because I got sick. And then before that, we did a retro hero. So this is the first regular episode we've done in a bed. It is. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I uh, literally just stepped in the door from Black Panther. I missed it last week because I was ridiculously sick. I got that new bivalent booster shot there, which, you know, I was happy to get because, you know, it could potentially save my life and everything. But, oh, man, the side effects on that one are much harder than the regular side yeah. effects of a regular booster. Oh, yeah. I, I lost taste and smell for like a week. Oh, fantastic. I, I basically got to do like a speed run of every COVID symptom. Oh, a runny nose, a red scratchy throat, feeling like someone's sitting on my chest, can't uh, catch my breath, can't uh, taste and smell for like a week. It was nuts. I was awesome. really sick. Yeah. <laughs> I was so sick. I thought to myself, I'm like, did I just catch COVID before getting the shot and not know it? And I didn't want to do a test for just that reason. And then I'm like, well, maybe I got that like chest thing that's going around that uh, RVS thing and then they're like no apparently that only affects kids so I don't think that's me I know I'm a I'm a <laughs> child at heart but I don't think that's me <laughs> so I'm assuming it just had to be a side effect because I wouldn't have gotten better in like well, a week well yeah with like vaccines you do get like a little bit of the the, the virus help uh viral viral you off of it so yeah yeah, I mean, at worst, you know, all my other boosters and everything, I just felt kind of sore and tired. But this one, oh boy, this one really kicked my ass. Yeah, yeah. So, so be aware, everyone, when you get it, get get your Gatorades and everything ready, and you know, clear your week. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, I'm glad to be over it now. I'm glad to be feeling better, and I'm glad I finally saw black panther so stick around to the end of the show where matt and i are going to talk about that and we'll be sure to uh drop some uh comics on you as well too because i know everyone really likes to know what we're reading and it was a pretty good two weeks for comics it was it has been very good week yeah it's, it's been a lot lighter than it usually is because we're getting towards mm. the end of the year everything's closing up yep yep again we're got to start thinking of our best of the year lists as we get closer to that yes oh god yeah I uh, know you and I were both enjoying the new Pokemon as well, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I got Scarlet. Which one did you get? I got Scarlet as well, yeah. Again, the, you know, ooh, red and shiny is the one I get to. Apparently, from what I understand, you get better Pokemon in the main game in Scarlet, but the post-game ones in Violet are a little bit more interesting. Uh, okay, I just, I, I picked Scarlet just because, like, apparently, like, like Violet has, like, uh, more, like, uh, robotic... Uh, yes, Pokemon. Whereas, where Scar yeah, Scarlet's like all about like cavemen and and Shit, like prehistoric yeah. stuff. Because because like I choose the I chose Fiococo as my same uh, as my starter, and he turns into a giant T Rex. So yeah, that's cool. same same same. More like a crocodile T Rex. But yeah, I also yeah. picked Fuecoco too. Man, the options in the early game are crazy because it's more open world like Arceus, so you can really. You have so many options to mm -hmm. build a wildly different team. It's a little overwhelming, mm -hmm. which is crazy. I, I love it, though. I'm having a great time with it. I think I'm three badges down, and I'm three, like, big giant Titan Pokemon down. Uh -huh. 
So that's fun. You get, it's like a really cool loop where it's like you got to win badges so more powerful Pokemon will obey you because that's always been the rule in Pokemon. You do the Titan mission so you can, you know, get more movement skills to move around the world and unlock new areas. And you do the Team Star base missions to unlock more TM. So it's very interesting. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And I, of course, people are talking about like the, the glitches and everything, but I haven't mm-hmm. really like found any. Same. Same, I was shocked that the internet was going nuts with glitches because, yeah, I haven't had a single problem the, yet either. The, that being said, Game Freak need to update their game, like, yeah. engine and everything. The, the frame rate is not great. It slows down to shit, especially in the bigger areas. There's, mm-hmm. I actually read, like, a really great article about the Pokemon company and Game Freak and why they can never seem to innovate too much and basically it boils down to the fact that pokemon is this it's basically too big it's this big multimedia thing and they need to be moving fast constantly because they got to make plushes and they got to make spinoffs and they got to make episodes of the anime and they basically got to have everything ready by a certain amount of time and so the games the thing that everything is supposed to you know spring out from suffers because of it yeah yeah and it's like, oh, that's a real shame. Because, like, some of the new Pokemon look great in this new oh, game. And some of them are like, oh, you, you you needed, like, another week. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you didn't really give a shit. Like, there's one earlier on that's, it, it, it's literally just a pig. It's just a pig, yeah. But the chunk that becomes kind of an emo pig with, like, a fringe later on. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a new electric bird I like. There's a chili pepper, like, two-headed thing I like. There's a couple I like. The, the pseudo-legendary is good because it's a big ice Godzilla with, like, a knife on its back, and it even attacks, like, Godzilla in the memes. Yeah. So there's definitely some fun ones there. And there's, like, a nice mix of old and new Pokemon in there, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, like, I, I, what is it, my, for my water guy, because you need a water guy, I picked Meryl because it becomes a Zoomeril, so you've got the water and fairy typing. Nice. That was the guy I picked. It's funny, too, this, this generation, there's way more ghost types than ever before and way more fighting types than ever before. There are, yeah, I, I've noticed that as well. It's hard to find good grass guys, and it's hard to find good rock guys for your team, I noticed. And I'm like, hmm, you know, Sword and Shield, say what you want, but it was fairly balanced. This one, I'm like, man, I hope they DLC in some Pokemon soon. Yeah, yeah. You know what I think it is? It's going to have home support later, so if you played Sword and Shield and played Arceus, you can bring those ones over. (laughs) Which is where I'm like, oh, so there's where all the balance is, huh? So I need to go back and get some of my good rock boys and everything and bring them in. (laughs) If I want good team coverage. Uh, We could literally just talk about Pokemon forever on this. I shoot you not. We really could. We got to get on with the show, Matt. We're just going to keep talking about it. Uh, how how, How was your week? Yeah, it's good. Well, when I wasn't playing Pokemon, I was playing God of War. Yeah, I know, right, man? I've been seeing your uh, uh, little screen caps that you've had of God of War. Man, that looks so great. I hope I get a PlayStation 5 so I can play it over the holidays. I know there's a bundle. I had my eye on it. It's at my local mm-hmm. game store, and I'm thinking, you know, for Black Friday, or, or maybe if someone is listening out there and wants to get me a gift. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they're they becoming more easily accessible to get they are. now. Because, like, yeah, like, I've seen them in shops just sitting on shelves now. <laughs> like, it, it, it's past that point where everyone's, like, trying to yeah. get them and everything. Yeah, it's like people who have them either like, you know, uh, you know, pe- people who want it have it is the thing now. And the people who don't aren't <laughs> going to get it. Yeah. Which is good. I, I know my local store, 
uh, has a thing now where it's like you can buy it, but they want you to get a bundle because they know mm-hmm. if they don't charge you extra for it, what's stopping you from like buying a bunch and just like selling it off on Amazon or something or eBay. Yeah, yeah, the bundle uh, is is now like it's kind of like the standard. Yeah, because it's a bit more expensive. It's the only way you can buy it, which is fine because I probably would want Spider-Man and I probably would want Resident Evil and mm. everything like that. Games I haven't played and games I want to play on next gen. Yes. Yeah. Again, sorry, my phone was ringing. People are like, hey, did you make it back from the movie? How was the movie? Yes, I did. It was good. So, yeah, that's uh, that was me. That was my week. Uh, just keeping up with all the different comics and everything, trying to keep churning the workout and everything. But uh, there was news this week, Matt, and a fair amount of it, too. There was, yes. In fact, right before uh, we started, like a couple days ago, they finally announced the new DC Dawn titles and what they were going to be. Of course, Dark Crisis is winding down. It's not over yet. The internet seems to think it's already over, even though it's not. Yeah, you can kind of tell like who's reading it and who's not. Oh, 100%. And it really does feel like a lot of people are just saying that they're reading it. And as well, like, I've seen, like, this influx of people getting upset that, oh, they haven't announced a Justice League book. Why are they not, like, they hate the Justice League. Mm. I'm like, are you reading Dark Crisis? It's not about the Justice League. Yeah. Why isn't there a new Titans or, you know, a Young Justice series? I'm like, my guy, Nightwing, was the MVP of this event. (laughs) He's literally the main guy on the cover for DC Dawn. And and not all (coughs) books have been announced yet. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They're going to keep announcing. What, do you really think they're not going to have a Justice League book in DC? Do you really (laughs) think they're not going to have a Teen Titans book? Come on. Exactly. Exactly. Man, I'm going to be really sad when Twitter goes away in the next couple days and we won't have these <laughs> shit takes to react to. Yeah. That's what I'm going to miss more than anything. I'm going to miss the serotonin. I'm going to miss collecting celebrity followers like they were Pokemon cards. And I'm going to miss seeing just the worst takes possible worst so we takes. can have content for this show. Yeah, yeah. I really thought about that with everything that was going on on Twitter. I'm like, but 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 if no Twitter, w- w- what are Matt and I going to talk about? I'm not going to like go and like actively try and find people's shitty takes on YouTube or anything with Twitter. They came right to me <laughs> unsolicited. It was easy. <laughs> Am I going to have to actually like, you know, do more investigative journalism to see yeah. what people are saying? I don't want to have to read articles. What are you talking about? Yeah, really. <laughs> or, or, or am I just going to have to, you know, just 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 enjoy myself, you know, finally, mm. you know, finally for once in my life. Can I can I be free to enjoy myself? Mm-hmm. I guess I guess we'll find out. But yes, we have the DC Dawn titles in front of us. They announced like, what was it, like 10 new books? So, yeah, yeah. On top of uh, already announced stuff uh, that we got back at uh, New York Comic Con. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Not not all of it was new. Some of it is stuff that was either rumored or was stuff that we knew was coming anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we got the <clears> whole <throat> list of titles in front of us right here. The first and most interesting is, holy shit, we're getting a new Doom Patrol book in March, Unstoppable Doom Patrol. Yeah, mom, the, the stuff they did with Mark Wade and World's Finest must have paid off. Yeah, though I will be interested to see. They, I, I don't know if they announced it one way or another. I can only assume Unstoppable Doom Patrol is going to be canon because the Mark... Uh, or what is it, the uh, Jared Way stuff was kind of up in the air yeah. about whether or not it was canon. This actually looks to be taking place in the main universe because the Doom Patrol looked to also be playing part in Lazarus Planet, which yes. looks to be kicking off kind of like a brand new era of the books. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
We've seen some really amazing art here. Most of your favorite Doom Patrol guys have gotten uh, redesigns. Robot Man's got a new look. I really like what they're doing with Crazy Jane because she's debuting a brand new alternate personality called The Chief. Yeah. <laughs> and looks a lot like The Chief. And I'm like, oh, that's fun. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. And I like that they, they have uh, matching <laughs> costumes. Yes, it's cool, they, man. They have like a team costume now. <laughs> You know, I would say it's a great time for the Doom Patrol because we're getting this book and we're getting the new season of the TV show, which, goddamn, I hope continues, but I really have this horrible mm. feeling that 4 is going to be the last, what with everything yeah. that's happening at Warner Brothers Discovery. Yeah, I can see it being the last. We'll, we'll have to see. Again, I just want to shake them. I'm like, why are you striking now? This book should have been a thing like before when the show was at its height. That's how multimedia works, guys. Yeah, yeah, because like when the Doom Patrol show was on, there wasn't a Doom Patrol book because the Jared Way run ended just before it. Yes. Yeah, that's so weird. That's I so mean, weird. That, that last season even like started adapting Jared Way stuff. Yeah, yeah. When it's it's also like a uh, Star Girl. Star Girl's finishing up, yep. and it's just it just started and a new. Now book this she's week. getting a push. Uh, it's so fucking stupid. So <laughs> stupid, and it's so sad because like both of these things are great and should keep yeah. going. Yeah. But the yeah. fact now that they are book tie-ins, not really tie-ins, but you know, inspired by multimedia by the success of the show, it breaks my heart that these might not last because mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Because, hey, uh, one of the big things you'll see about all these new books that they announce, uh, most of them are Batman books. Holy shit. I know. Like, yeah, pe people weren't, were, didn't know how to react. <laughs> is, is that legal? Can you do that? <laughs> Can you really do that? Can you announce a whole new line of DC books and have, you know, most of them not be Batman titles? <laughs> Uh, now, moving on from there, we have a brand new Superboy book. That's the Connor Kent one that won the big DC round robin. Yep. That's Superboy Man of Tomorrow by uh, Kenny Porter and Jahoni Lindsay doing art there. We we kind of already knew that one existed, yeah. and I don't think this one's going to have much crossover with everything else, but it is coming, and it is going to be a thing. I, I mean, it could could have a lot of crossover, because this was meant to come out like ages ago. Uh, yeah. So, so it, it could have been reworked to be in... Uh, in canon maybe because yeah, like I, the round robin stuff the haven't been it's been kind of nebulous it's just like books that just get put out because yeah. they won the competition in many cases either get put out to die or to get shit on by fans who are like i don't like this book because the one i voted for yeah. didn't win yeah the, That's one, why the one all my bot accounts didn't vote for one so yeah it, if you wondered why I stopped covering Robins by Tim Seeley, the one that won the last DC round Robin tournament, is because the commenters were all shit. Yeah. That's why. Because I could not handle their bullshit. I'm sitting here trying to talk about this story. It's like, well, I don't want to engage with this piece of art because it's not the thing I voted for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just got so fucking sick of hearing that. I'm like, all right, fine. You know what? Then I'm not even going to cover it not anymore. Not going to cover it. Yeah. Fine. Fine. That's <clears throat> what I'm going to do. But uh, yeah, maybe it will lead to something. I know there's a lot of stuff happening in the Superman books because they announced, you know, the new Joshua Williamson age and it being more of a team book and Connor kind of being part of it now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, they've all got them, their team suits and everything. Yeah, then bring them back in the fold. So that's something. Yeah. Uh, from there, we actually got a lot of really interesting developments in the Green Lantern series of books because mm -hmm. they're doing they're doing the Captain America Spider-Man thing where they're splitting it in two. There's going to be Green Lantern Hal Jordan and Green Lantern John Stewart. As it should have always been. 
it, it really should have been, you know, obviously we're past the heyday of Green Lantern when they had like four different books at one time. But yeah, this is how I feel it should always be. There should always be a Hal book and there should always be a John book. Yeah, this also shuts up those people that like when like when Grant Morrison had uh, his amazing uh, Hal Jordan series. Yeah, uh, I'd always get people just like just shitting on it just because for the fact that it's not John Stewart. Yes, it's I like, know. Oh, John Stewart should be the only Green Lantern. No. Yeah, hey. I love John too, but I'm not going to be a toxic fan about it. It's okay to like something and not suck about it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. In fact, hey, uh, Tom Taylor in his Nightwing book uh, this week with uh, Nightmite basically tackled that entirely. Yes, yes. That's that's what Nightmite was. He was a fan who loved something, but Dick is like, seriously, you need to get more of a personality though. Yeah. Because you're kind of tedious without it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so the Hal Jordan book, very interestingly enough, is going to be written by Mariko frickin' Tamaki, of all people, of course. So, you know, uh, Canadian writer, you know, woman writer, Asian writer. Ca uh, I said Canadian already, but, you know, I can say it twice, who made a big splash being the first woman to write for Batman in a monthly comic in Detective. Is she the first woman to write Green Lantern regularly now? Oh, I, I want to say yes. Yeah, I think yeah. she might be. Holy shit. Yeah, hopefully uh, uh, this book will give her a little bit more agency because that Detective Comics exactly. run just, like, completely got, like, its kneecaps taken out. Mm -hmm. And you could feel it at every turn where it's mm -hmm. like, here's a good idea I have that I'm not going to be able to see to fruition mm -hmm. because I have to, you know, make peace with what's going on in every other Batman book. Yeah, I have to adhere to James Tynan's mm -hmm. fear state or whatever yep. hell he was doing at the time exactly oh man i we we both loved arkham tower right until we didn't oh god god damn it that that series was so good right until that end yeah that i think that that series holds up to me like oh this is so much wasted potential if there was ever one where it's like please do a second pass <clears throat> at this yeah that would be the one uh, I noticed somehow fans, you know, obviously because she is an out queer woman and everything too, are getting a little antsy about their Hal Jordan. It's like they got a little antsy about it when Grant Morrison was writing it, but now they're getting really antsy about this now. Uh, <laughs> like, dude's a space cop. Of course, he's got to like fuck aliens of all different genders, ethnicities. You think, right? Like, bruh. He's like, <laughs> He's living that Kirk, uh, freaking Captain yeah, he's, Kirk life. Yeah. yeah, he's fucking Captain Kirk. Jesus Christ. I know. And again, too, where it's like, yes, I know, even under Jeff Johns, Hal Jordan was the outspoken conservative voice of comics. But even then, he's not conservative in the way you think he yeah, is. Yeah. And yeah. not in the way conservative has become. He's not fucking storming the Capitol or, you know, yes. you know, wearing his MAGA hat on, on, in his costume and everything. He's not that type of conservative <laughs> at all. Make space great again. <laughs> he's not that guy. I mean, come on, for Christ's sake. So what was it? Like, again, in that Jeff Johns run when he, like, talks about about a politician that he really respects he talks about uh who's uh who, who's the fucking one there uh got tortured in vietnam and everything he ran against obama and uh, lost john mccain yeah john mccain i mean that's the sort of conservative he is which is hilarious because john mccain didn't start as a conservative he actually crossed the aisle which is very <laughs> funny where hal jordan's favorite conservative is a conservative who used to be a liberal <laughs> <laughs> but I digress. Now, the second one is really interesting because it's Green Lantern, John Stewart, and it's being written by Philip Kennedy fucking Johnson. Yeah, um, and he's made it, he made it very clear on Twitter that he is not giving up uh, action comics to do this. As he said, oh, he, as good. he said, him, him writing action comics is a pride <laughs> from my cold, dead hand situation. <laughs> 
and seeing what he's doing on the book, I would agree. This this is cool because as we saw with Warworld Saga, Philip Kennedy Johnson is really good at writing intergalactic yes. spacey politics. Yes, I'm very excited. Oh, well, I have to imagine like like he could use plot points from uh, oh, his action comics run just because like when you think about it, oh Warworld, this like. Uh, slave planet has been taken mm -hmm. out of out of the game of the intergalactic politics like now what that's going to affect the whole universe yeah. hell uh who was the philosian who turned against superman and it was implied that he Krillux. was leading all yeah krillix krillix is basically like yo i'm declaring war on the united nations yes. of planets now all the other war zunes who didn't want peace follow me now dude that's your first fucking arc that's john stewart being yeah. like well i gotta clean up this problem now yeah also, it's going to be really cool to have uh, a veteran writing John Stewart. I was going to say, yeah, because we can tackle that side of the character now mm. in a very interesting way. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, he has a lot to offer. Again, I'm not the biggest Green Lantern fan, if only because there's just, like, so much to cover, and I feel yeah. greatly, like, you know, under... Like, I feel like I don't know enough to get in. This I want to give a try. Yeah, definitely. This I want to check out. Uh, now, from the Green Lantern books, we're also getting a brand new Green Arrow book, courtesy of Joshua Williamson and Sean Isaacs. It, it was all leading to this, Matt. This is what it was all about, Dark Crisis, just so Joshua Williamson could write Green Arrow for me. I mean, you joke about that, but like, it pretty much is because this is going to be a follow-on from Dark Crisis and where uh, mm. Oliver ended up because he didn't yep. come back with the Justice League. That's true. There's also the promise of Red Arrow, who, again, Williamson keeps teasing, but who technically has not actually showed up yet. <laughs> or no, sorry, Red Canary. Red Arrow's a completely dead. That's Imiko. Yeah. Red Arrow's their daughter, maybe, from somewhere. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they had, like, that running plot line where they've got to find her, but it hasn't yes. come up yet, just because of everything that's been going on. Yes, but she's in the book. She's in the background there of that last Dark Crisis. So Joshua Williamson's paying attention. He knows. <laughs> it's going to be interesting, too, because Williamson's going to be writing this and he's going to be writing Superman. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He's a busy Which, man. Very fucking busy. But I think he likes to be busy, no doubt. Yeah. And again, don't be shocked when we get the inevitable Green Arrow family, Superman family crossover, which yeah. Matt and I will love very much because <laughs> it's just for us. <laughs> It's like, wow, this guy, Joshua Williamson, he writes books just for us now. <laughs> also, hey, big up to, uh, what is it, uh, Chem Dog in the chat there for his naval service there, yeah. as I just read that right now. Uh, now, from Green Arrow, we've got Batman Brave and the Bold making a big day, or big return, I should say. Obviously, this was an old imprint with a pretty solid premise that they don't do near enough, and that is, hey, let's get great artists and writers together, and let's team up, you know, characters who don't get the spotlight with Batman, who always sells on the, you know, grounds of being Batman. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They've uh, announced some of the creative teams that we're going to be seeing in this. Tom King, Mitch Gerards, Gillian March, Gabriel Hardman, Dan Mora, Rob Williams. So, you know, lots of cool people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm intrigued to see, like, it, it says it's going to be telling core stories of the new dawn of DC, but mm. I have to wonder with an anthology book, like, how much of a canon book is it going to be? Yeah, 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 Especially yeah, with yeah. someone like Tom King writing it. Who, ve who very regularly just flips the fucking chair whenever he wants yeah. and just does whatever. Yeah, yeah. Batman's going to be old now and married to Selina and, and all this stuff is going to happen. No, it's not going to happen in the universe, but yeah. yeah. 
And somewhere Jeff Johns is like, no, I made him old and married to Selena and brought his daughter back. You can't do it. I did it my way. Totally for 5G, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I don't know if we're going to talk about that, but yeah, very much so what Jeff Johns is doing with Lost Children and New Golden Age and JSA is like, oh, oh, so here's where all the JSA stuff from uh, 5G went, huh? Yeah, it's all been retooled. Like I said it was going to be. Yeah, as as Future State was a retooling of 5G, this is the rest of it. Yeah. Right down to Wonder Woman being on the JSA, which is was an idea they brought up in the prelude to 5G, being like, oh, this is a thing that changes everything. Wonder Woman was on the JSA. Mm-hmm. Then nothing came of it. And then right here, they're bringing it back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, look forward to that, everyone. Again, everything old is new again. Yeah. Uh, we're getting a cyborg book with a creative team that is yet to be announced in May. Yeah, this will last like a volume. <laughs> As it often does for cyborg. I guess it makes sense because if you looked at the Lazarus Planet artwork, he's got a shiny new redesign. Yeah, yeah. I, every time they redesign cyborg, he looks like a little bit worse and worse. Yeah, just just fucking send him to the Doom Patrol. He should yeah. be in the Doom Patrol book like the show. Yeah. That's the best version of Cyborg you've written in years. If you refuse to do regular Titans and you refuse to send him back to the Titans because of some weird loyalty to the new 52. It, well, I think it was also because, like, I think they were banking <laughs> on him being, like, a really, like, popular character thanks to, like, the movies. Yeah, sh- shouldn't he have had his own movie by now? Huh? Yeah, yeah, and then they're like, oh, he, that that all tanked and Ray Fisher's kind of, you know, you know, like, what do we do? Oh, we'll just, I don't know. I like Victor Stone as a character. He's fun and he's cool, but he makes more sense in a team book. Yeah, there was the, see, the thing is, there's another book that we're going to be talking about in this list that he should have been in. Mm, yes, yes, well, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, after that, we have probably the biggest book they announced. This one, I had to do a double take on this one, Matt, because this is one of those too good to be true creative teams. I didn't believe it. There's a brand new Shazam book with Mark Wade and Dan Mora working on it. Makes sense. They were writing Billy in uh, World's Finest, and mm-hmm. see, they that book seemed like prime for like a for like a launch pad for a new Shazam book. Yep. They were planting the seeds from it. This is the return of Billy Batson. And oh, what an interesting time for him to return because we got the new Shazam movie on the horizon. It looks like DC's actually getting behind Shazam as a AAA character now by yeah. putting a AAA creative team on his book. Yeah, like a really great creative team. Yeah. It'll also be interesting, too, because Mark Wade obviously has written Shazam before to some acclaim to see him kind of thread the needle of like the Fawcett era Shazam that he knows but also with the Jeff Johns movie-adjacent new family and everything, because I know in the Mary book, they brought back Uncle Dudley finally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which, fuck, he'd been gone forever. Ages, yeah. So this, like, looks to... I wonder if Wade's going to be like, you know what, we're just doing... We're doing the old Fawcett stuff, or if he's going to try and fuse it together. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting, especially since, uh, I mean, Dawn of DC is essentially like a reboot, like a re... Uh, a redo mm-hmm. so like yeah you can kind of go with whatever you want really i guess yeah i'm uh i'm super 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 on board with it yeah i'm i'm very much excited about it uh, again people keep friggin' blowing up my phone sorry about that 
Uh, all right, but yeah, so there's the Shazam news, everyone. That's super dope. Can't wait for that. That's probably next to the Green Arrow one. That's probably the one I'm most excited for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, here's a weird one. Apparently, Tom King is going to be giving us a Penguin book, probably no doubt in time for the Penguin show that's going to be coming to HBO Max, maybe assuming Zaslav doesn't cancel it when it's like yeah. mostly done. And guess what? It's about something Tom King always writes about. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's about the fucking U.S. government. And yeah, of course. Penguin, Penguin ends working up. for the U.S. government, being a CIA operative because, you know, Tom Reasons. King was one. And I'm sure yeah. he's going to have a wife that, you know, is so much better than him and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe it, maybe it's the Penguin wife from his main series. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, remember that the Penguin, like, had a Penguin wife yeah. or something? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, this is such a weird, like, oh, all these new DC books and a Penguin book. Yeah, really. Which is, which is really weird considering that that graphic we got uh, with Adorna DC where, like, the logos are on them. There's no Penguin logo on there, but there is a Hawkman logo. Weird. Did That's someone at DC weird. think that that was the Penguin's logo? Maybe. <laughs> I hate to admit it, but maybe. Also, you know what bugs me about this pitch, too? The idea about one of Batman's foes becoming like a governmental operator and everything would actually be a good pitch, but not for Penguin. It should have been Riddler. Yeah, Riddler. Mr. Freeze. Yeah, like smart guy, man of mystery Riddler, I think makes more sense than yeah. Penguin. But hey, Penguin ain't getting a show. Mad Hatter. Mad Hatter. Yeah, fuck it. Even Mad Hatter. Hey, he controls mind, mind control. Yeah, yeah. Come, we're restarting MK Ultra. Come and, like, yeah. put LSD in people's water and shit. And yeah. Yeah, he'd be really good at that, Tetch, I assume. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> I, I had that pitch the other day because, you know, one bad day has been rubbing me the wrong way. And I'm like, man, what this should have been is one good day. And it should have been stories about Batman's foes who, like, have to do good. Mm hmm. Or become good, and I'm like, well, yeah, how would that, you do that's that? That's their one bad day. Exactly. <laughs> they have to do something good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be a much better uh, use of their time. Yeah, to... and um, yeah, and the 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 final uh, book that was announced is still works. Yeah, which again feels like a nice multimedia thing because Natasha and John are doing so awesome in that Superman show right now. Yep, and yeah, they've they've been uh, headlining the backups in Action Comics. Um, they have; they're all and, over Action. Yeah, and, and Natasha was a big part of War World. Um, sure was. So yeah, yeah, that's really good. This is the book that I think maybe Cyborg should have been a part of. Yeah, might have been fun to see him in that one because hey, you know, you're also a machine man. We're machine people. Yeah, him and John Henry working together—that'd be pretty cool. And I feel like I kind of willed this into existence because just the I think other you did. the other week I was talking about uh, the the John Henry Iron story and the death of Superman 30th anniversary and how good it was. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Oh, we need a new steel book. Here we really is. do. Like you go back and you read those old steel stories and it's like, fuck everything about this is so good. How did this not yeah. last? And it, it's, um, uh, very relevant as well. All the stuff like we're dealing with so. like, like gang violence and like mm. guns and stuff like, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, also, like, just everything about John Henry, you know, it's the, it's the John Henry story, you know, the man who could, you know, be better than the steam machine, but, you know, mm-hmm. he is the machine, and the machine is the man, and, like, so much of it just works so well. Yeah, and the, it's also really funny as well, because uh, in the Golden Age and that Stargirl bit, we're getting the 
quote unquote original John Henry. Yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. In the form of like a young man who he like wields the hammer of the original the the actual person named John Henry Split which the rail, yeah. which gives him uh superpowers. Yeah. yeah, John Henry Jr. and he and he looks a little bit like the Darwin Cook one we only yes. see on TV. Yeah, they they, well, they meant that that's where he's actually from in 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 that golden oh. age book in those in that thing in the back with the first appearance it was like New Frontier issue six or something. Yes, because yeah, he yeah. we see him on television. We don't yes. actually meet him, but it's like man, I'd love to hear his story. And yeah. Jeff Johns is like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, I remember this this old character. No one else remembers. Yeah, what if what if I do? <laughs> I think I shall. Yeah. <clears throat> Burn. All right, so there's all the new books that we got mm-hmm. uh, coming out, and I gotta say, it's a nice list, isn't it? It's pretty good. It's pretty good. And I'm sure they will only add more to it later. But uh, yeah, I think you know, say what you want about Dark Crisis, but it looks like it's gonna leave us in a pretty good place with some pretty good new titles. Definitely, yeah. I'm very much looking forward to all of these new titles. And again, as we said, it's, it's like not like Batman related. Though that being said, uh, again, like that that teaser image did tease something coming up mm. i guess like halfway through 2023 called night something mm. oh yeah because it's blocked out in the picture yeah because we yeah. got lazarus planet then night something yeah i i night time or so i don't fucking mm. know because something. such as such as comic books we're always building for the next event yep Gotta get ready for it. Now, uh, there was some other big news that broke this week. Uh, most surprisingly is, uh, hey, remember how Amazon was working on a Silk show for a bit? Mm-hmm. Well, apparently it's moving ahead. It's called Silk Spider Society. It's going to be live action. It's heading to Amazon Prime, but it's doing so with the blessing of the Spider-Verse guy. So Lord and Miller apparently are actually producers and actually got a hand in this. So it might be good? <laughs> it, it might be, but at the same time, it's like, really? Silk? Silk, I mean, really? those those first couple of volumes of Silk, I maintained when I was reviewing them, actually make for really good television because it's mm. written like an episodic TV show. I guess so, yeah. The only thing is, like, I don't know if they ever actually solved Silk's problem because she's like, oh, you know, I grew up in a bunker and, you know, <laughs> I tried to find my missing brother and everything and I have these powers that are like Spider-Man's, but I can't tell anyone. Did she ever find her brother? I don't fucking know. <laughs> I, I don't think idea. anyone else knows. <laughs> No, I enjoyed it at the time because it was fun and, you know, kind of funny and fancy free in a way. The main Spider-Man book wasn't at the time because it was like super Mm -hmm, mm self-serious. This uh, this also makes me wonder, too, how this is going to tie in with uh, everything that's going on with the Sony Spider-Man things right now, because there's a lot of talk of, you know, what the next Holland trilogy is going to be, how much control Sony's going to have in that Fucking Avia Rod uh, had to rear his head again and speak words. Yeah, and how Marvel was only in it for the money. Mr. Avi Arad, the man who made a Spider-Man TV show just to sell toys. and Yeah, a- Avi yeah. Toy Man Arad is telling other people that they're only in the business for the money. Shut the fuck up, you vampire. <laughs> you know they're only in it for the money. But you only got involved with the company so you could sell toys. <laughs> Jesus, I don't know what kind of brain worms you have that completely eat away at you that you would say something like that, but Jesus Christ. 
<laughs> There's also talk to of that Madam Web movie where we've seen some leaked screens of that. And there looks to be another spider guy in that who may or may not be Spider-Man or might be some. It's such a fucking mess well, at Sony. Well, I think, yeah, well, I think I heard that the plot for that Madam Web movie is kind of like Terminator where, like, they've got to stop someone from, like... Killing Prevent, Peter Parker. No, problem preventing from preventing <laughs> Peter Parker from being born or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a bunch of bullshit. So basically, yeah, I mean, every which way to get around having Peter Parker in exactly. the movie, you know, exactly. But what about Morbius, Matt? Can we make time for Morbius? Will uh, Morbius get to show up? I, I hope so. I, I the other week, I for a meme, I, I almost because it was it was on sale because it's fucking it's fucking Morbius. Uh, I, I almost right bought, to the discount bin. <laughs> I almost bought the Morbi the Michael Morbius hot toy. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was like heavily discounted. I'm like, oh, oh I bet. Oh, I, I should do it just for the meme. I'm like, oh, I don't want that fucking thing on my shelf. <laughs> you know, the Christmas toy that all the boys yeah, and girls want. Jared Leto is just leering at me from my shelf. <laughs> He's realistic. You press the button in his back and he'll give you a cult sermon. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, talk about another guy where it's like, are we going to get a Morbius 2? It depends if Jared Leto's in jail or not. They're getting a Morbius 2? Come on. I know, I know, right? But some people would say. <laughs> but but if there's no Morbius 2, what's Matt Ramos going to get hyped about? What's he going to get hyped about? What were they all going to get hyped about? All the streamers and reactioners who weren't paid, weren't paid at all for it, and the studio didn't sit on their reactions to release it a week before the movie. Yeah, whatever it is, he'll still get uppity, but someone else got to interview them, so yeah. Man, I have, you know, call it cruel, call it whatever you want, I have never enjoyed a fall from grace more. Oh, it's, it's fucking so... It, schadenfreude oh my god the, the comments on his apology are great too because it's like wow even the people who liked you don't like apology. you that much apology yeah, apology with the biggest finger quotes money can buy yeah i'm sorry you're all so stupid <laughs> is basically what that is i'm sorry i didn't do it sooner is what it really breaks down to. it's one of those <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, moving on from there, Cosmic Ghost Rider is going to be back again with a brand new yes. series, solo series, courtesy of Stephanie Phillips, who, of course, just finished off a Harley Quinn run for DC not long ago. Yeah, really, really looking forward to this. I love uh, Cosmic Ghost Rider. It's such a cool character. Yes, I know you're a big fan. Marvel was super behind Cosmic Ghost yeah. Rider, too, and then they let him cool off for a bit, but now they're going back in. Yeah, I wonder if it's he, he's being brought back because of whatever Donny Cates has in the fire mm. for, like, just remember he's building towards whatever that stuff in Thor was with the uh, oh, yes. with Thanos and everything. And yeah. Yes, we're retaking his origin. We're probably going to go to the future because, yeah, Thanos is basically the big phantom villain for that series. Yes, yes. So yeah, just, just who Frank Castle was trying to kill for half half a book, you know? God damn, I I really gotta catch up on fucking Thor because I really don't want to miss that. Yeah, oh, it was so good. But Banner of War fucked me up and made it so I fell behind. Man, I really gotta get he's back. Teaming, into he's that. teaming with Eddie Brock at the moment. That is also cool, getting to see Donny Cates return to the Venom uh world yeah. for a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, so look for that uh coming soon in March. That's one of the new Marvel titles in March. Nice. Now, speaking of new things at Marvel, uh, Darcy, yes, that Darcy from the Thor movies will be making her first canon comic debut in Steve Orlando's Scarlet Witch series. And I have to laugh where it's like, yeah, it's funny how like so many of these movie characters, they're not as much in a rush to canonize them as you would think. Yeah, yeah. 
<clears throat> Selvig got canonized by Nick Spencer. Uh, obviously, Philip Coulson got canonized fairly early. Nick Fury Jr. But uh, yeah, Darcy is the newest character to add to that list of MCU canonized characters. Yeah, and they weren't they as you said they weren't running out to like do it. No, they weren't running out to do it. Which I'm like, you know what? That must mean that Steve Orlando has a good pitch for it. Yeah. Either that or he just really liked Darcy and WandaVision because he's writing the Scarlet Witch series anyway. Why not? Yeah, it is funny that, like, yeah, this character that started in the Thor films is like, oh, no, we'll, we want her from WandaVision because she was so much better in those films. Yeah, or show, yeah, because she had yeah. so much more to do and so much more to chew on. It, it's funny because the Darcy character is always on riding that line of almost being annoying. Yeah, yeah. And yet, like, Kat Dennings is charming enough to, like, bring it back with more time. Mm -hmm. Like, if ever there was a character I'm surprised that kept coming back, I'm surprised she kept coming back. But I'm not mad at it. No, I'm not mad at it either. She serves her purpose. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, moving on from there, we got some Substack news, which is something we haven't talked about in a while. Yes. Uh, James Tynan, of course, one of the earliest adopters of Substack, a dude who made off like an absolute bandit. Uh, didn't have to write DC, didn't have to write for the big two anymore, became a millionaire overnight because of a bunch of Netflix deals. Well, apparently he's linked or inked what I'm sure will be another very lucrative deal for, uh, what is it, Dark Horse to start selling print versions of his Substack comics. I, 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 just, I find that fucking hilarious. Same. Like like Substack, yeah, it's, gonna, it's not <laughs> going to be future. like comics. It's going to be future. Oh, but we need to like make these into comics so people will actually like read them like i i knew it was probably only a matter of time <clears throat> before they started doing print versions of these i assume that substack would do it themselves and the mm -hmm. fact that they're mm -hmm. like yeah we're getting dark horse to do it yeah it is it's hilarious i wonder if that is that you know e either james tiny is just a super good businessman and it's like oh no i'm gonna double dip this chip twice and get paid twice for the same work or if this is an indication of like, oh, he was the earliest adopter, the dude who made the most money and he's doing this. Does that mean Substack isn't as lucrative as people <laughs> hoped it was going to be? Yeah, he's, he's, he's about to dip out of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. First one in, first one out. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. I liked the idea of Substack in theory about, you know, comic creators being able to, you know, take the reins for themselves and sell directly to their audience. And, you know, it's all very good creators write stuff. But in the back of my head, I'm like... But how tenable is this really? Yeah, yeah. Is this is this like image now where it's all like kind of showing like, yeah, we're cool rebels. And then like in a couple years, it runs its course. It, yeah, it just dies out. Yeah. And as Cosmic Reject said, Substack only helps if you're a right wing journalist. And also that too, where it's like, mm, I don't really agree with Substack's, uh, what is it, other policies when it comes to the other stuff they run, which is why I personally never gave them a buck. <laughs> And that's just me. It's like, oh, you know, I like Zdarsky. I like uh, Tynan. I like all these other creators there. Yeah, I'm not going to be reading any of your Substack work, though. Just like full stop. I'm, I'm just not. <laughs> and that's why I haven't covered anything from them on the channel. <laughs> and I feel like a lot of people haven't because, like, is that something we need in 2022? Another fucking service. Another subscription, yeah. Another fucking subscription service. And I think a lot of people said no, because like, when was the last time you heard about someone talking about like the Substack comics? Exactly. Yeah, I haven't heard anyone mention anything about any of the, the Substack comics. I've, I've I, seen them mention the, the, the creators like more uh, mainstream work, but yeah. Mm -hmm. 
I think uh, what I, I think our mutual friend Kurt was checking it out because you know he's like just way more into independent comics than he is in like the traditional superhero stuff. I know he was with it in the first couple of weeks. Don't know if he stuck with it. Hey Kurt, if you're watching or listening to this episode, let us know. <laughs> you're you're our man on the street when it comes to Substack. Tell us all about it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so there's that news, everyone. If you felt bad that you were missing out on tying in Substack work, well, it's coming to a rack near you soon. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, another piece of news that was big and hot and slightly controversial like two weeks ago, but has cooled down immensely, as I assumed it would. Uh, they cast Wonder Man for the MCU, finally. Yeah, and it's a really great choice. Yes, uh, Yaha Abdul-Mateen II, is that how you pronounce it, or did I just butcher it? Yaya Abdul-Mateen. Yaya Abdul-Mateen, which, if you're thinking to yourself, do I know that guy? Yes, you do, because he's basically been the best thing in everything he's been in. Yeah, he, he was Black Manta, uh, yep. he was Dr. Manhattan. Yep. Uh, he was in... So uh, many things. What, what Jordan Peele, he was in which Jordan Peele film? Oh, yeah, uh, it, it, Us, or was it Us, or was it Get Out? I don't think it was Us. Uh, here, no, I'm thinking, of Winston, I'm thinking of Winston Duke. Yes, which he's great in that. Uh, yeah. True IMDb, uh, what was he in? Oh, he was in Ambulance. That was fucking good. He was really good Yeah, I, I quite like that film, yeah. Yeah. Oh, he was the new Candyman in Candyman. And that, he was that's really fucking probably, that's probably what I'm thinking of with Jordan Peele, because I think he produced that film. He produced that one, yeah. yes, he did. Yeah. Uh, Trial of the Chicago 7, The Watchmen Show. Oh, he was in Us. For a minute. He wasn't the main guy, but he was in it. He was Russell. Oh, okay. oh yeah, okay. Yeah, Aquaman, The Handmaiden's Tale, The Greatest Showman. So basically, he's just gone from, like, great project to great project, and he's also mm -hmm. the first, or not first, but he's the newest in a long line of actors who have kind of double-dipped in both Marvel and DC. Yes. <clears throat> Which you gotta wonder now, with James Gunn running the show over at DC, will we see more of that? Now, obviously, there was, like, nothing written in the sand being like, oh, you can't do both. But I always figured that maybe there was a slight stigma behind that. I wonder if that stigma is going to go away now. I, I, I feel like it might because, yeah, James could easily like like networking wise, like they, they now have like an in with like Marvel. Yeah. Marvel has an in with DC now. And mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, hopefully it opens things up. But yeah, he's great. He's going to be playing Wonder Man. And of course, because they did colorblind casting, all the same racist, edgelord. Yeah, everyone's everyone's suddenly a fan of Wonder Man. Yeah. 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 Which that's the most famed character, part of it. Wonder Man. Yeah. Yes. F f constant fan favorite. Where it's like, really, guys? Really? They're insulting the integrity of fucking Simon Williams, Wonder Man? Dude's barely been in the books in like two decades. And not just that, like, whatever he's appeared, he's, he's like a joke. Exactly. <laughs> Furthermore, when it comes time to do Wonder Man in the movies, and you and I have talked about this at length, they were always going to have to, like, re, you know, they're going to have to basically reinvent the wheel with Wonder Man mm -hmm. because so much of the stuff that Wonder Man is known for in the comics, you know, with the formation of the Avengers and Ultron and the Ant Man family and everything else, that happened without him, meaning whatever he becomes in the MCU is going to be very different, which means he's basically a new character at this point. Pretty much, yeah. I do feel, <laughs> though, that they're going to tie him into that White Vision storyline, because yeah. like, that, that's like a great way to keep that uh, whole Wonder Man's mind engrams a, a yeah. what made Vision sort of thing. It's true. They could work their way up to it somehow. But yeah, they, they got a great actor for a role that he is almost certainly going to be able to make entirely his own. And yes. I think he's going to do great. Yes. 
and I'm very excited about it. You know, they, they continue to get <clears throat> interesting actors for interesting roles. And furthermore, uh, I think in interviews, you know, some people are like, oh, well, why was he taking another superhero role? I thought he hated comic book roles. No, apparently the full quote that he was getting misquoted was he didn't like the type of roles he was getting. He didn't want to be like cool, badass comic characters. He wanted to be like Wonder Man. He wanted to play someone with some depth who, you know, could be funny mm-hmm. and vulnerable and everything. Someone who isn't just a cool costume, yeah. Which I'm like, oh, so you're actually like a super hardcore fan then? Because <laughs> <laughs> only like a real fan would do that. To be like, no, I don't want to be a cool guy. I want to be like an interesting guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, which is kind of awesome. And I'm like, yeah, because like our favorite comic characters are those characters. Mm-hmm. The ones we love to talk about aren't like the triple A people who like are always starring in books. It's the Green Arrows. It's the Wonder Man. It's, you know, the people who don't always star, but who are super cool. Yeah. 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 White Vision is a fan of Simon Bennett movies. Yeah. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, our last piece of news. Again, this is kind of a sad one, but it's something I knew we would have to talk about. Uh, The world lost Kevin Conroy. Uh, yeah. at 66 due to cancer and wow what a what a fucking bummer that is yeah it kind of came out of nowhere i didn't even it know really he had did. cancer i didn't either and again you know 66 that's still relatively young all yeah. things considered yeah like we we should have had so much more time with kevin conroy but you know i am so grateful for the time we did have the the batman of our generation the batman of our lives you know i don't think his kind will ever truly come again he meant so much to so many people and was just just a consummate you know just out there doing good you know at every convention at every signing at every panel that's the that's the real thing i really like because usually when someone dies like this there's always that that one person who's like oh you fucking touched me wrong was you know something like that nothing like that with kevin no one had a bad word to say about Kevin Conroy because he really was that guy. Yeah, he was. It was great. It was great. I I was very lucky uh, at the uh, what is it Central City Comic Con there in Philadelphia, the one that was kind of a bust and no one fucking came to. <laughs> uh, I was very lucky that I got to sit in on his panel because Sal from Comic Pop was running it. And let me tell you, as magnetic and charismatic as he was in interviews and in roles, he was way more charismatic and magnetic in person. Holy shit. Can imagine. He, he sang, he told jokes, he did everything. Just man, what a guy. And keeping with Batman, when it was all said and done, as soon as it was done, the panel <laughs> disappeared. <Just> disappeared. <laughs> we turned around and he was gone because me and Sal are like, oh, you know, let's see if, you know, he wants to like talk or sign an interview or everything. And with that, nope, he was just fucking gone into the <laughs> night. And it's like, he Batman does. He fucking Batman does. <laughs> he disappeared. Of course, too, you know, Kevin Conroy story taking on another interesting dimension because he officially came out as a gay man in 2016 too, and just recently penned uh, a story finding Batman for the DC pride anthology. And DC was very nice to make that story free for everyone. Yeah. So if you haven't go and check it out, it's great story. Great. It's very wonderful. personal story. Yeah. Very. You learn so much about this dude's life and also basically why his Batman character was so good. Cause it's like, Hey man, can you voice a dude who's at war with himself and is kind of split between two different personalities and, you know, feels this trauma and loss. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I can do that. And he did. And man, what a, what a good time. Yeah. I mean, you know, what, what a great story that was. What a great tribute to the man. He leaves behind a amazing legacy of work that I think will live forever. He won't be gone because he will never be forgotten. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, big, big up homie, you know, to, to the true protector of Gotham. Mm -hmm. You know, if I, if I had a 40, I'd be pouring one out for you right now (laughs) is what I'd be doing. But uh, yeah, I guess with that, everyone, that ends the new segment of the show. I think Matt and I said we're gonna we'll we'll talk one or two comics we really liked from this week, and then we'll talk Black Panther because I uh, I just left it, so you know it's fresher in my mind than anything. Yeah. Uh, what what book came out this week, Matt? That you wanted to talk about? What's uh, what's the one book you wanted to give some time to? Oh, I want to I want to <laughs> talk about um the World's Without a Justice League Batman book. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I, I didn't read this because I'm like, oh, are we still doing worlds without stories? But you seem to really enjoy this one. Yeah, this is this is the last one. Yes. And yes, uh, it yeah, it, it's really fucking cool. It's Batman by way of Terry Gilliam's Brazil. Ooh, and it's, it's kind of fucking weird and really, uh, really quite meta. Um, <laughs> it's written by Cy Speria, So, of course, it's going to be very meta. Ah, um, love it. But yeah, uh, we find Batman on this world that's been ravaged by a psychic virus, which gives everyone what uh, the people on the world call the sneer touch. Basically, hmm. It was basically like a psychic Joker toxin. Uh, it makes everyone have a big fucking smile and they go fucking insane. <laughs> um, that sounds bad. And the, the, the last uh, sanctuary on Earth is Gotham. It's this uh, big walled off, like domed city. It's run by a guy called the architect, uh, whose, whose name is Mr. Wax. Um, mm, no, 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 no relation to the Scott Snyder, uh, Kyle Higgins architect, no, who is also a Batman no, villain. No, no, we know who this character is. Um, <laughs> right. and he, he runs the city like clockwork and everything. And then, but, but at night the city like stops and that's when sort of like the, the madness sort of creeps in. And that's when mm. the night, uh, starts protecting the city, uh, and the night's Batman, but he's not called Batman. He's just called the night. Um, he's all clockwork and shit. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, he, he ends up, uh, busting up, uh, Oswald Cobblepot. He thinks Oswald, uh, killed Martha and Thomas Wayne. This is why he's after him. But, uh, then the penguin dies and he, he, he tries to figure out like, okay, so if Oswald didn't kill my parents, who did? So he uses this machine and finds that there's parts of his memory that are missing. And Ooh. so he scans the, the, the city and he finds that there's one other person who has the exact same patterns as him. Uh, so <laughs> he goes and kidnaps them. And that person is Mr. Wax. Uh, and we learn out that we learn that Mr. Wax and the Knight are both Bruce Wayne. Oh, uh, like holy the, shit. They're two separate characters, but they're both, they're like clones of Bruce Wayne. Um, and and uh throughout the book we find out that obviously the knight's like he's very he's like the punisher he's like frank miller's Mm -hmm. batman um and all that well uh mr wax is very light and like he's dressed in like a completely white suit and he's Mm. got like a white mask and so it's the dichotomy of batman both of these exist in him yes uh and they they end up working together to try and find out who is like messing with their minds because they have they share like they remember their parents dying but then when the plague hit that's where their stories diverge with like the knight uh living in like the the bowels of the city and building his costume and everything while Hmm. while mr wax was up in up in the towers overlooking the city and everything um and they track this this signal out to the old uh arkham asylum uh where they find alfred and alfred's been living there and running like uh like tech lab sort of thing Hmm. and um we find out that the bruce wayne of this world the original bruce wayne of this world uh he figured out how to save the city but the problem was was that jonathan crane at the time was 
experimenting on his, uh, his patients and everything. And right. one of those patients turned out to be a nameless drifter who isn't named, but it's, it's a joker. Uh, ah. And he was, he was so insane that he, he broke, um, john jonathan's machine and it and it, and it unleashed the psychic wave of madness across mm. this across the uh, world and killed everyone and whatnot so bruce decides okay i've got to fix this uh, i know how to fix it but the only way i can fix it is if i am two people so he ends up using uh jarvis text uh technology mm. victor freeze technology uh jonathan's technology uh boris carlo's technology all of these to create two versions of himself to split himself into one representing huh. all of the the hope and light of batman and one representing the darkness and rage and, and this is Batman's dream dimension too. So Batman's yes. perfect dream is that he could basically be in two places at yes. once and divorce the Batman part of himself from the Bruce part of himself. Yes. Yes. Huh? Not only that, it also feeds into the whole meta commentary of dark crisis in that, mm. uh, fans only accept one type of version of a character. Like, right. you, you know, like, it's like only this version should exist. No, this version should right, exist. Because right, right, right. that was the whole thing with Mr. Wax and his, his assistants, Jason and Barbara, um, uh. Uh, like telling him like, oh, the, the grim dark stuff sells to the people. They like <laughs> it. They like your mask. It tests well, you know, that sort of stuff. <laughs> and, and yeah, he, he didn't like any of that because popularity doesn't win these wars against crime and whatnot interesting um and then yeah at the end alfred ends up uh mind wiping these two guys and putting them back into the cycle where uh now now the knight thinks that victor zaz killed his parents and Max huh. is continuing running the city and everything and it's like a big cycle that apparently they all end up back at, at alfred's lab and it's happened like 52 times and everything <laughs> that, that almost sounds like too good a pitch for a one shot that feels know, like that should be in else worlds i know right Especially, you know, if you're saying it's Cy Spurrier doing it, and it's all like Brazil-esque art. That sounds like that should... I bet that was a pitch Spurrier was sitting on. It's like, <laughs> oh, I can do anything for this, like, dream world thing? Yeah. All right, I got one. Yeah, I got one. I got one. Uh, I had a really fun book this week, Murder World Avengers, by a friend of the channel, Jim's Up. I was going to pick this up, but I've already got too many books going. Likewise, I almost didn't read it myself until everyone in the comments section on Twitter's like, no, Joel, you got to read this. You're going to love it. And they were right. I did love it. <laughs> yeah. So so calling it Murder World Avengers is actually a really telling title because it's not Avengers Murder World. It's Murder World Avengers. The Avengers are barely in it. It's all about Murder World. <laughs> it's, it's actually a brilliant bait and switch because what Zub does is he creates a new POV character. His name is Paul Pastor, and he's a professional YouTuber. Oh, fantastic. And, you know, he started off doing action figure unboxings and social experiments. But now his big money making thing is uh, exploring like, you know, uh, abandoned buildings and everything. And, you know, he's like an urban, urban explorer. explorer. Yeah, <laughs> he's a fucking urban explorer. And I'm like, damn, Jim, you know, every everything about the Marvel Universe is unrealistic. But what I find it hard to believe about this story is that a YouTuber can change their genre several times and still be popular. <laughs> But yeah, it's like, and recently he's tracking down like a, his newest urban exploration thing is all about murder world. Oh, what's this mysterious murder world? It's like a theme park that pops up every couple of years and like people die. What? 
hey, you know, be sure to smash the like button. I'll investigate. And of course, Arcade finds out he's looking into Murder World and he makes the kid a contestant in the thing. And he's got to fight for his life. But because he's a YouTuber, he's fucking stupid and he doesn't think he's in danger. And he keeps like trying to interview people who are like super dangerous. They're like, get that fucking camera out of my face. <laughs> And it's just a hilarious bit of commentary, and it fits so perfectly because Zub's like, hey, y'all like the squid game, right? So let's do that. Arcade's just like, yo, let's do the squid game. <laughs> and it's just like, it's very funny, and it's very self-referential, and it's very winking and nudging, and it's just a really good time. And I loved it a lot, too, being a YouTuber, because I'm like, yeah, I know people like this. <laughs> I know people who would happily walk into fucking murder world because they think it would be good for their channel yeah. and good for the clicks. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, you're right, Zub. Uh, we YouTubers are lulsome creatures, and yeah, we wouldn't survive a fucking second. You're right. <laughs> totally agree. <clears throat> All I'm saying, though, is if you do a sequel to this, please have a YouTuber like me who dies in the first five seconds. <laughs> That's all I ask. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Murder World is great. If you were like Matt and you're on the fence about it, pick it up. It's a laugh riot. It's a nice. lot of fun. Nice. That's good to hear. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, like I said, I saw Black Panther tonight. I just came back for it. Do we want to talk about it? Because I think it's still very much in vogue right now. It's like the biggest November opening of all time. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about it. Absolutely. So, I mean, I guess just long story short, really fucking liked it. Really good. Yeah. Really good, and man, talk about a movie that, like, had a million pitfalls and a million things mm -hmm. that could have gone wrong with this, and, like, I think we all would have understood. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, they lost their star, then fucking COVID happened, and then their replacement star turned out to be a fucking anti-vax maniac. Oops. Yeah, yeah, almost ruined the entire <laughs> production because she had to go back to, like, the UK, and mm -hmm. she wouldn't get vaxxed, she couldn't, like, travel, and yeah. Yep. And like, again, if all of these things could have killed the movie and yet in a weird way, they make the movie stronger because what Coogler does here is use their very unique and very tragic circumstances to basically do a deep dive story about loss and survivor's guilt and mm -hmm. trauma and everything else. And not only does it really work in this movie, but it ties into the bigger themes in all of phase four, you know, legacy and moving on and all the other stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It works really, really well. And uh, because there's no Chadwick Boseman anymore, basically the movie ends up becoming an ensemble piece where everyone kind of gets their moment and everyone does their part to hold up the movie. Yeah, and each of the the characters that do this also sort of embody part of uh, Chadwick's role as yes. T'Challa. Very much so, yeah, which is kind of amazing. And it gets even crazier too, and you realize to yourself, wow, these actors and these performers, they're working through this loss of this dude yes. in real time as their characters in the movie and we're getting like a front row seat to it. There's like a couple lines here where it's like, oh, that is just too real. Mm -hmm. Like when Shuri says, you know, my brother was sick and he didn't tell me and, you know, he suffered in silence for too long and everything. And it's just like, oh, just too, just too fucking real, man. Yeah, Shuri's stuff uh, right at the end of the film and then in like the, the little uh, post-credits thing, like that, like that feels like they just set up the camera and just like... Mm -hmm. It was only the teacher right on the set, and she yep. just got to, like, work through uh, her grief. A lot of shit, yeah. I mean, uh, Angela Bassett kills it as the queen. Mm -hmm. She gives probably 
I mean, she's always great, but she gives just a powerhouse performance in this one. Mm -hmm. It's great. It's fantastic. It's so good. I can see why people are like, like, how has she never been nominated for an Academy Award, Mm -hmm. this woman? Yeah, yeah. And the storytelling they do with her costume, too, because, you know, she's all queenly and regally and she's got the big fancy head covering and everything when she's like putting on this front as this strong queen and this head of the nation. Yet every other time we see her, she's dressed down and she's letting her natural gray hair out and everything. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, I'm putting on this strong front because I have to be strong for everyone else. But, you know, deep down, I'm frail and I'm suffering and everything else. Mm hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's just really solid. And then, of course, you have uh, Namor, who's the big new addition to this movie, and also the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And yeah, they they knock it out the fucking park with Namor. Yeah, he's he's fucking Namor. (laughs) He's he's everything you want him to be, with also, you know, a lot of reworking that had to go into it as well, because obviously they don't want him to seem too close to Aquaman, and they want him to fit into this universe as they built it, and they do a really goddamn good job. Honestly, yeah, now, now I kind of want, like, the comic book Namor to just be this Namor, like, from now on. I wouldn't be shocked if we see that slowly happening over yeah, time. That's true. But yeah, no, it, it's so interesting. Like, um, cause obviously they borrow instead of Atlantis and all that, uh, it's, uh, the Mayan version of Atlantis, yeah. the underwater city, city of Talacan yeah, and, and all, all of that sort of stuff. And it's just so interesting and, and it vi- visually it looks great. It is, you know, when we get to actually see the underwater city, you know, they give it all the same, you know, like oomph and gravitas as getting to see Wakanda for the first time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, whoa, this is beautiful and lived in and yet also completely alien and otherworldly. Yes. yes. You only see a little of it, but it's like pretty fucking dope. Yeah. Uh, hell, even uh, like uh, Namor's two little generals there get surprising amounts to do and get their own little runners in the story. Uh, Atuma and Namora, who mm-hmm. are characters from the comics. Yes, yeah, they're they're great as well. I I really like them. I, I liked uh, Atuma's little uh, uh, feud feud with um, Akoyo there. That that, that was they- really great. That runs the whole movie. Uh, as I thought, Okoye and the other one become the Midnight Angels because, of course, they do. And I'm like, oh, that's like really new stuff. That's like mm-hmm. stuff from like the last five years. Yes, yes. That they worked in here. Yeah, basically, everyone gets a suit, everyone gets a moment. Uh, Ironheart Riri Williams is really great in this, too. Yeah. I totally feel like she was a late addition to the script, but she actually really works. Well, I think she has more in this film because I think, if I remember correctly, her show was meant to come before the movie. Oh, was it? I think so. I, I, I think she was meant to get there, <laughs> and then she was meant to appear in, in uh, Wakanda Forever. I, I could be wrong, but I'm sure that because yeah, they changed a bunch of stuff around. Yeah. So, because like the film got delayed and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I like the suit a lot. Some people complain like, oh, it looks like a power range. I'm like, yeah, it's fucking dope, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, her suit in the costume in the comics looks like power ranger costume. So, you know, love, lo- love the it's mega just, man railgun arm. Too. Yeah. She, she's a teen inspired by anime. <laughs> yeah. Of course. That's what she built. Of course. She built a fucking Ava. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, they really set the scene for her show, too, when it eventually comes. Love how they decorated her room with all that Chicago stuff. Chicago Bulls, that, like, CM mm-hmm. Punk Chicago flag and everything. Yeah. Really good stuff. She's a lot of fun. 
you know, kind of kind of gets to like be adopted by this other group in a way. And, you know, when the queen sacrifices herself to save her, she feels like she has this debt to pay to yeah. Wakanda that she kind of fucked over without knowing it because she flew too close to the sun, you know, proving that she could invent something. Yeah, she's uh, basically playing Everett Ross's role from the first film, but like yeah. with the added with like much more uh, uh, weight in the story. Mm hmm. Ross is here too. They actually have some fun stuff to do with him. And ooh, apparently he was married to fucking Contessa <laughs> Elaine. How about that? <laughs> Who we now finally learn what her actual job title is. Apparently she runs the goddamn CIA or is at least a high ranking figure in the CIA. Yeah, no, she she runs the CIA. She's the director and everything, which makes she, sense being that she, uh, again, this is probably one of her moves to like be able to then make the Thunderbolt. Mm -hmm, absolutely you know it's funny i could tell in the theater i was in because i saw it like a week after the fact which you know i'm sure that's like not the super fans that's like the people who are like i'll see it eventually i was the only one who like was like ooh, when elaine showed up and i'm like oh none of you are watching the tv shows huh if you were watching the tv shows you would know why <laughs> elaine being here is important <laughs> <coughs> and what this sets up and everything also, yeah, it's funny, too, you know, people always say, like, oh, you know, the Marvel movies don't take sides, you know, oh, the Marvel movies are so apolitical. Literally, the CIA and their police allies are the fucking villains for a villains. good chunk of this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, like, make no mistake, they are. In fact, like, the big meta-commentary of this movie is, yo, colonialism is so bad and so fucked up that even hundreds of years later, colonized peoples fight each other instead of fighting the people who colonized them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just the specter of America getting involved means that Wakanda and Atlantis almost kill each other. Yep, yep. <laughs> and, like, it's so wonderfully reflected in Shuri and Namor at the end when they're fighting and, like, Namor sees his mother and, you know, like, Shuri has her own vision of her mother and they're like, why are we even fucking doing this? Uh, <laughs> Like, literally none of this benefits us. Like, what is what is even going on here? And it's really well put together. Also, hey, uh, great excuse for a Killmonger cameo. I was very much surprised by that. I, I kind of knew it, it had to have been him. Like, they, I knew, I knew for a fact they weren't going to do some weird CGI Chadwick Boseman or anything. Yeah, that'd be a little much. And I, and they weren't going to do her mother just because like we just, we had just seen her die. So yeah, it yeah, wouldn't make sense. Really. So like, yeah, it makes sense <laughs> that it would be here. And I like that they, yeah, they, they kind of not really recontextualize, but for a better lack of word, they do that with like, oh, Shuri is very similar to Killmonger in that, uh, in like her, uh, one mm. for revenge and, and, and rage and whatnot. Yeah. You're going down the dark path. Are you doing this for the right reason or the wrong reason? And Hey, fun bit of visual storytelling too. Uh, T'Challa's Black Panther suit was black with silver trim. Killmonger's was black with gold trim. What does Shuri have on hers? Oh, silver and gold silver and gold. Yeah. Cause she's a little of both. Isn't she? Yeah. And again, she doesn't even know what she's doing at the end. She's like, do I want revenge? Am I going to kill him? I'm not actually sure myself. Yeah. Luck luckily, Namor does not die. <laughs> yes. No, of course not. Yeah, they they know they lucked into something pretty goddamn special with Namor. And oh, yeah, we're going to be seeing him a lot yes, more, I, I'm sure. I, I can't wait to see more of him. He, 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 he was fantastic. He He's essentially, the, yeah, they pretty much say that, yeah, he's the first mutant. Yes, um, straight up. He's like, yes, I was a mutant, even amongst my kind. Yes, <laughs> yes he says Imperious Rex. 
Oh my god! I again, no one else in the theater cheered for that. I cheered. I'm like, ah, you're all fucking philistines. <laughs> you don't respect Imperius Rex and what it means. Also, not only does he say Imperius Rex, but he says it in his own native tongue. Yes. I'm like, oh, that's fun. That's cool. Yeah. They even recontextualize the name Namor, where like when it was written in the goddamn 30s, it's like, yeah, it's just a fun comic name. But here, no, Namor, no love. Yeah, no love. I, I, I like how he got that as well, like where we find that like he came because he lives for so long, like he was born in like what, mm-hmm. 1500s or something. Yeah, and, so he's really old. And, and then he, yeah, he, he, he came to the surface as like a, uh, like a boy and like where his mother and father and 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 village was is now like was like a plantation a plantation <laughs> yeah, yeah. yes and he just yeah. like like destroys it which it itself is a fun little twist on like the comics as they were back in the day because it's like you know namor's blue-skinned mother told him to war on humanity and when namor comes to the surface world oh world war ii is going on well shit i guess mom had a point mm-hmm. this is kind of like that too but yeah. also like to make it more yeah his first interaction with humans was like enslavement and like racism and yeah yep that'll that'll color a person's you know perception of the world and i'm like yep and also to really tie it to that culture and like that part of the world i'm like oh that's good oh that's clever Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's really so and also making it about a resource thing too it's like yeah my people were destroyed by the conquistadors because we had gold a precious metal that they wanted so much and you know the world is threatening to destroy wakanda because they want your precious metals yes and and they can't know that uh, like telecan has also this precious metal as well because they'll come for us and you know we'll you know defend ourselves against all costs even if that means killing other people and it's like ah so you know in namor he's also kind of having his own black panther killmonger fight between himself because he's so charming you truly think for a minute they're like okay well maybe he's not gonna go through with this though mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and like when it ends up going the wrong way for him there, he genuinely seems sad when he has he to does. declare war. He's like, well, you know, I, I tried to do it this way. I thought, you know, peace and cohabitation could work. Guess it's war then. Yeah, I, I did for a minute, though, because it felt like they were building up to it. I thought they were going to be like, OK, so the story is going to go like for them to like be able to ally with each other sure he's gonna have to marry namor or you yeah know, you know something like that. that yeah but but i like that they they completely like no 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 none, none of that really obvious shit though uh though i do love that he is a romantic namor because it's like ah yes mm-hmm. bring my lady prisoner a dress and i will wear yes. my finest robes yeah that, that, that's what made me think about it because he's like oh he's he's like like flirting with her and 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 being real charming and everything and he's, mm-hmm. he's going to propose marriage to her as like or a way to bri- yeah. bridge the gap and everything yeah a weaker movie might have done that but this movie has a lot of strength of conviction mm-hmm. and it knew that like just the central plot and you know the central problems would have been enough to carry and it did and man let's talk about those action scenes that big finale on the fucking boat when they're fighting mm. on the sides and everything and the camera is swooping and everything and you've got multiple characters and armors and cool suits and everything and it's just like whoa i i loved it it did something which doesn't really happen in superhero movies anymore it did used to um but i like the idea that they're like okay well we're we're not gonna obviously fight on land because like mm. people will get in danger so we're just gonna like we're gonna make sure it's like out in the ocean we're gonna like draw them out into the deep ocean where like no one can be really hurt 
it's very Dragon Ball Z. Let's fight in the quarry. Let's fight in the yeah. wasteland. After all, I think it's like, oh, we'll do that just so like the American government doesn't get involved. That too, because that was a specter that was hanging over it, where it's like, look, the American government is just waiting for us to fuck up so it can declare war on yeah. us. Yeah, yeah. So we need to unfortunately fight by their terms. Another truly amazing thing about the action scenes in this movie, and especially all the stuff shot around water, Ryan Coogler taught himself to swim for this movie. Oh, really? He didn't know how to swim? Yes, he taught himself oh. how to swim so he could film all the water stuff himself. Oh, I'm like, that's oh, so what? Cool. That's amazing. And it also adds a whole other cultural layer because you're thinking like, well, he's an adult man. Why does he know how to swim? Because there's a really uncomfortable history with black people and water and swimming in the United mm. States because pools were some of the biggest, like most racialized, no black yeah, people allowed. True which means a whole generation missed out on the chance to learn how yeah. to swim, which means they never taught their children, et cetera, et cetera. So to see this movie be a big battle between this super advanced African nation and the entirety of the ocean <laughs> is like really awesome. I'm yeah. like, whoa, you're drawing on like so much stuff here, man. This this movie is like almost too deep for like one viewing where it's like, I, I got to see this again because like you got so many things going on here. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all the stuff with like uh, Namor's people was just so good and i love i love that part at the start where they're like being used as like sirens oh um, yeah that was really for, cool like call calling people into the water and everything that was so cool that's a great thing not from the comics but super cool and you're thinking like oh did they get that from the greek sirens no motherfucker the greek sirens got that from them <laughs> yeah yeah it's so good and it was it added like a really cool horror aspect it was Bear, really, oh, really creepy and yeah yeah it's great I they make uh, Namor's like foot wings, something that could have been incredibly mm -hmm. corny and incredibly silly. They make them super cool and make them make sense where it's like, yeah, he's super dangerous in the water and the air and on land. And he can go from one to the other in about 10 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't matter where you are, you're not safe. And also to tie it in to that, you know, Aztec legend of Kulkulin, the snake with wings, because it's like, well, why does the dude have winged feet? Well, why does a snake god have wings? And fair enough. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. They're both mutants. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they don't call him king. They don't call him general. They call him God. Because yeah. that's basically what he is, because he can walk on land and in water and he's the strongest. Why wouldn't he be a God? Yeah. Yeah. He, he took the literal fucking sun and brought it under the ocean yes. for them. Yes. That was a very like, that's a very Doctor Doom thing. Oh, 100%. Like, you could just see Victor be like, oh, I want the artificial sun for me, though. Yeah, why didn't I think of that? Yeah, which, man, when they eventually bring Doctor Doom and the Fantastic Four into this, this is going to be crazy because you can see Doctor Doom, how he runs his nation, where it's like, yeah, I was a Romany, and then I took over. I was an oppressed people. Now I run it, and I'm even more oppressive. Yep. Man, that's going to be such a great movie when that eventually happens, when you can have Black Panther and Namor and Doctor Doom all in the same room. Yeah, yeah, and then and like have Namor like like simping for Sue Storm and everything. Oh, it's that's going to be great. Be good, it's going to be great. Oh, he's he's so wet. He's just so <laughs> moist everywhere he goes, Namor. <laughs> and he's just coming out of the water when like the Queen and Shuri are like having a funeral. And he's like, "Hello, I'm moist." <laughs> Good to see you. What's up? I have much to tell. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's just so much to love about the movie. So many layers. 
I do think it's hilarious that giving what we know about Shuri's actress, that literally her entire arc in this movie is like, oh, I need to do my own research so I can get right. the good medicine to take. When, when I realized that, like, that's what her plot was going to be about her, like, not n- not believing in, like, the spiritual, like, oh, God mm-hmm. will heal me sort of thing. And it's yeah. all about technology and r- trusting in, like, the system science of technology and, and science. logic. And I, I, I had a good laugh about that. I did. It's almost like, man, you know, Coogler, did you do that just to fuck with her? <laughs> or it's like, oh, yeah, you can stay in the franchise, but this is your arc. <laughs> this is your arc. So, you know, take it or leave it. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is just super, super fresh. Oh, the Midnight Angel. Again, I mentioned the Midnight Angel there. We got the uh, Ironheart suit and everything there. Just there's a lot of moving parts in that finale. We got the big warship. Umbaku mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and his people join in. Oh, man, friggin' Dukes is just so fucking great. He, he really is. I'm glad that, like, the end of the movie seems to point that he's he's not, I guess, like, he's king of Wakanda. Like, Lord Protector. Yeah, he's just, like, the guy who's there to protect it when, like, I guess, sure, he's not there. Yeah, because they've done stuff like that in the comics before where T'Challa has been forced mm-hmm. to, like, advocate so he puts someone else in charge so yeah. he can do the, you know, superhero thing. And again, I feel like so much of this movie is also putting emergency contingencies in yes. place in case Lieta Wright should fuck up and say something super dumb in the next little bit where it's like, hey, if you do, Okoye's got a fucking costume, we got Umbaku to be king, yeah. we got Ironheart we can bring they, back. They did so much of that at the end where they're like, okay, we're going we're gonna to make sure we plant more of these heart-shaped herbs so other people can take them if, you know, yep. you smash the glass, you know. You know, just mm-hmm. in case, you know, Mbaku's there. He can be it. He challenged T'Challa in the first one. You know, so mm-hmm. he's he, he's been Black Panther before. They uh they also never say where they took uh what is it Black Panther's body. They never say where it no. is, but I can I can only assume they took it to the Necropolis, which well, is a major thing. Well, what I th- what I assumed was where she was planting the flowers was mm. his grave. That makes sense too. Like that, that that would be actually be pretty cool. Like it'll yeah. like like in his death, the the heart shape herbs spring from his death, basically. Yeah, absolutely. As this franchise does, you know, because mm-hmm. yeah, because it's not like in the regular ass building that they put it in. No, no, it it's not new. not in where they originally were. No. Yeah. Uh, soundtrack on this one, amazing too. Yeah. Oh, so good. My my favorite needle drop is of course uh, Ross listening to Red Hot Chili Peppers while running. <laughs> it's very funny. That's also like, hey, don't worry, white people, we put stuff in here for you too. <laughs> yeah, we put white people music in here. But you know, but it's funk rock too. So you know, it's uh, it's 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 a white band, you know, doing a musical styling that is you know steeped in black culture. So it's still funk, kinda. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, just just so much of this. Uh, this is another one where it's like I feel I need to watch it again because there's so much stuff going on here. Yeah. Do, do do we think it's better than the first one? Because I would say it's at least on par. A lot of people are comparing this to like Godfather too. Um, I I liked it a lot more just just technically as well, just because like that yeah. first one. While it's a good mil- movie, like there's parts where it's like, oh, you didn't have enough time to do the CGI and do this and that. Whereas this there's, one, it looks like they actually did. There's a confidence in the sequel. Mm-hmm. Like, Coogler is just so much more confident now as a yep. director. Yeah, and w- w- which is really strange considering, like, you know, the star of your first film died. You had yeah. to basically rewrite everything. You would think that that wouldn't, you know, offer up any confidence. 
I mean, maybe in some level, too, you know, this feels like a tribute movie, too, to Chadwick mm-hmm. Boseman. It's like, hey, let's do it for him. Let's, you know, actually oh, it, it make absolutely this one good. Is, yeah. No, it absolutely is. Let's make this good. And they do make it very good. And I mean, the stage is set for like they could do any number of things for a sequel moving forward. Yeah, I have to wonder like when the sequel is going to come. I wonder if also this is going to because like people have been ask, asking for like Ryan to be able to do like Avengers Secret Wars. Oh, I'd like that. I, I, I would absolutely love him to do that. And obviously, I guess the next a black panther film won't be until after that i assume so yeah so and by that time i imagine we could have t'challa's son uh yes um come back t'challa's son who is named t'challa yes t'challa which i i think i mean like even they could even do it sooner if they want because obviously we got kang and we got time travel and everything Mm -hmm. they could totally do again to make a dragon ball z joke there i am future t'challa i have come back in time to warn you uh, of cell or something yeah 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 kang and yeah i'm just gonna stay here now because yeah Yeah. i can because why not i can do it yeah i can do it it's good it's all good but uh, yeah, I mean, just really, really solid film, really solid sequel. You know, I b- people complain a lot, and I know there was a survey going around there. It's like, you know, oh, you know, how interested are you in the MCU now moving forward? And as far as I'm concerned, if they keep making them like this, even if they just keep making them like this every so often, I don't think the MCU and superhero movies as a genre are going away because sometimes they can make like a real piece of art, and I think that's what this one was. Yeah, absolutely. They made a real living, breathing piece of fucking visual art on this one. And, you know, our, you, you can talk, you know, night and day about like, oh, the Disney company is so corporate. Oh, the MCU, you know, it's all just fucking synergy and everything. That might be true, but you could make something really fucking emotionally effective mm-hmm. with this. Mm-hmm. That like has a theater of people enraptured and silence, you know, as Angela Bassett, you know belts out an amazing performance about her dead son and lost family where it's like, whoa. Yeah, absolutely. That's the part that sticks to me, too, because Okoya gets this great minute where she's like basically fired and she can't be Adora mm-hmm. Milaje oh, anymore. So it, good. It can't be the only thing that she's ever known and she's crying and everything and she lays her spear down and her and the queen never get to reconcile at no. the end of No. And that and that like shattered me more and she's trying to like resuscitate her and it's like, oh, they never got to say they were sorry. Fuck. Yeah, goddamn. Yeah, Okoya's yeah. actor, I can't remember her name but she she plays michonne on on the walking dead and oh, I, yeah, that's right. and, and i'm like, like where is all of this when you're playing michonne <laughs> it's it's just such a meaty role it really yeah, is yeah i guess yeah i i know there was talk there like you know that they might actually be doing like a uh like, like a wakanda series like you mm-hmm. know maybe something black panther related for <laughs> disney plus i hope okoye gets to star in that because i think she would be i have perfect. a feeling she will yeah i, I will I mean, because she's got a costume now. She's the Midnight Angel, and she also got a girlfriend too, which is a thing from the comics. Yes, doesn't really get, doesn't really get a lot of time in the movie, but it's like, hey, there it is. Yeah, well, I mean, you gotta, you know, be able to cut it cut it out China. From China. Yeah, yeah. So it can't ever be. It was always the same with these films. Always, uh, Daniel Guerra. That's that, the one. That's the yeah. Or or Guria, but yeah, she's uh, she's great. She's excellent. And yeah, I, I hope she does get to lead. I would totally watch a show with her in it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess that's it, man. I guess we can start bringing this one to a close. I think we talked about everything. Yeah. Yeah. So this was fun, everyone. Glad I'm feeling better. Glad I can be back with you. Glad that we can speak so passionately about a movie we all enjoyed. Mm-hmm. 
We're uh, heading into the holiday season now, Matt. We got the end of Dark Crisis coming. We got our best of the year list that I'm sure we're going to be writing and we discussing. Do. Yep. Well, we'll have to decide what we're doing for Christmas. Everyone seemed to like our uh, bootleg Christmas special <laughs> we did for Christmas Day. I think we need to do something like that this year. I know I was looking to do another eBay. one. I'm sure I could find <laughs> a shitload more bootleg toys. That would be a good one. I would also pitch this to you. Uh, I was looking on ebay from like okay what are the most expensive nerd gifts what's like you know <laughs> shit that you would drop like five grand on for like an original prop for something and i'm like oh that could be fun too maybe we should do that yeah that, that'd be good yeah the, the dichotomy it's like all the shitty exactly. cheap toys and all the really expensive stuff yeah the the money bag christmas the cash loaded christmas <laughs> Maybe that's what we'll do this year. Also, I know I say it every year and I never end up doing it because life happens and planning to do anything at Christmas is stupid. I always wanted to like do do, do like a charity stream where we watch like uh friggin' uh bleh, public domain Christmas shit because mm -hmm. there's so much of it. Yeah. Like shit from the 20s and 30s and we'll like do donations for like a soup kitchen or a toy drive yeah. or something. I, I know Thorgy does fighting game streaming for charity and he was the one who kind of gave me the idea every year i think i'll do it and like i'll block out some time like you can come in and other people can come in at your leisure and like i'll see if i can do like a full 24 hours with it mm -hmm. <coughs> that's what i would like to do yeah that, raise that'd be great yeah don't don't hold me to it everyone because like i said christmas is hard <laughs> <laughs> And I always say I'm going to do it, and then it's like, oh, I got to trim the tree, and I got to do this, and I got to, like, friggin' glaze the ham. Mm -hmm. And then, like, it's right before, and I'm like, oh, I'm not going to do this now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm lucky I, uh, from, for, for, uh, from work, I got, I got, like, a month off. Oh, nice. So, so I, I, I do nothing but, like, comic books and games and stuff. So, yeah. Oh, good. All right, maybe this is the year we finally do it. Maybe this is the year I tell everyone else in the house to fuck off. I'm doing it for the children. I'm doing it for charity. <laughs> everyone needs to leave me alone so I could do it for the children. <laughs> I'll, I'll get like a, an Excel sheet and we'll treat it like one of those, like uh, like one of those uh, really corny '80s Christmas specials. Like, oh, who's that at the door? It's Matt. Everyone, he's gonna watch something with me now. <laughs> I will just do that and like, oh, hey, it's a musical number from Jefferson Starplane. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I would really like to do. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> but yeah, so thank you, everyone. We're going to start winding this show down. We hope you enjoyed it. And uh, hopefully we'll be more uh, more regular moving forward there. I know I've been sick and everything and that kind of kicked me in the ass. Hopefully yeah. uh, next week's episode will come out at the same time uh, that you mm -hmm. expect it to. Yep. All right, so until then, everyone, bye-bye.